please welcome our Togo team this morning. Bonjour, frères et sœurs en Christ. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Nous venons du Togo, Afrique. We come to you from Togo, West Africa. L'Église au Togo nous envoie de vous dire que Jésus vous aime et qu'elle vous aime aussi. The church in Togo sends us to tell you that Jesus loves you and so do they. Could you vous bénisse? God bless you. Je voudrais vous présenter mon équipe. Il s'appelle Fred. Tara is presenting us to you. My name is Fred. Je m'appelle Tara. She's Tara. Et elle s'appelle Margie. That's Margie. So it was fun to do this in reverse because Tara got to do that like, you know, every day that we were on there. So we thought we'd give you a hint of, of how it looked. Uh, next slide, please. Actually, I can do it. Okay. There's our intro. That was um, a new restaurant in Togo that, or in Lome that we went to the night before. Um, good hamburgers. So a quick review of Togo. Uh, it, the, the, that's the size comparison there. It's an eighth of California. It's located on the west coast, southern west coast of Africa. If you look at the population density and compare it to California, it's about double the people per square foot. And, and so a lot of people are in that small little country. We'll have Tara to go over the ministries that we did. Great. So while we were there, we were there for about two weeks. And while we were there, we got to work with a lot of different um, areas. One of the main ones we worked with was the kids. We did a VBS-type style program with the kids, um, working with different Bible clubs and kids in the villages. I'll talk about that a little later. Um, Margie was in charge of doing a Living Lord's Supper, which we did three times over there. She did a great job. She'll talk about that a little later. Um, while we were there, we also got to survey some water wells. We went to a Christian sewing school, um, which he made all of our, our clothes that you see there, the sewing school kids. <laughs> we got to see, go to some small groups, work with some of the people who recently converted, um, got to encourage some new believers, um, work with local pastors. And of course, we were there um, at the Hospital of Hope in Mongo. Um, it was just really cool to see that up and functioning. Um, and one of the really cool things, working with the missionaries there, one of the really cool things that we got to do was on Christmas morning, we could go around to a lot of the patients or all the patients and give them um, Christmas gifts and just tell them Merry Christmas, which in a Muslim society you just don't do. So it was really cool to be able to tell them Merry Christmas, God bless you, hope you feel better soon. We were also able to worship with the uh, missionaries that night. So that was a really cool part of the trip. So when we started out our presentation to the villages and the kids, our big emphasis this year was that God uses ordinary people. And it goes perfectly with the nativity story with Mary. And, you know, we'd start off reading Luke one twenty six through 30. And you guys can read it. You've read it a million times. And Mary displayed three big emotions here. Audience participation. What was her first emotion? Fear, got it. She was afraid, and the angel, of course, said, do not be afraid. Second emotion. 
Uh, not unbelief, but kind of confusion. How can this be? And so, you know, and third, praise, but she said, may it be as you said. So, obedience. And we tied this into the kids. Hey, when God calls you, and this is, this is your sermon for today. When God calls you, you're going to experience all three of these emotions. Fear, you know, bewilderment, I'm not good enough for this. And then hopefully you'll get to the, God, if you're calling me to do this, I'll do it. So, to illustrate this, we have a little thing that they loved called the bag game. And so, I've got it here. And so, let me call some volunteers from the audience. This is Children's Church participation time. So... So, so what we're going to do is, what we're going to do is have some child come up, and I've got a treat in this bag. You're going to close your eyes and pull the first thing that you come to. You can fish around a little out of the bag, and we'll see if it's your reward. So, who wants to come up? Ellie, come on up. Okay. So close your eyes. And what'd you get, Ellie? Straw. You got a used straw. <laughs> Are you happy about that? No. Oh. Okay, stay here, Ellie. Okay, who else wants to come? Uh, Jacob, come on over. Okay, I'm sure Jacob's going to do better. Oh, what do you get, Jacob? It looks like a piece of trash. It does say 350. You can have that. Okay, come on. We gotta hit dirt here. So, okay, come on up, Heidi. Okay. Dig down in there. Look good. Another piece of trash. Okay. So this isn't going well. Okay. One more. Come on up. The second row there. Ooh, ooh la la. What's this? A piece of African candy. And that will be your reward. Now, I don't want you guys to have fear. If you listen really well today, I have two bags of African candy right outside the door, right after church. Help yourselves. Now, this is a trick that we learned in Togo, though. We're not going to distribute it. So I gave all the candy to Barbara Fowler, and she gets distributed today. (laughs) Okay, you guys can have a seat. Okay, so the bag game was kind of, it was real nice and cool to teach kids. There it is kind of that Christian walk. It's not obvious when God calls you that everything's going to be great all of a sudden, but if you persevere, we'll always see blessings in it. Kids clubs. Great. So what you just saw was generally how we opened a lot of the kids clubs. Dad gave the no ordinary, or 
an ordinary person speech, that God uses really ordinary people to do great things for him. And even though the results or the rewards may not seem obvious at first, when you're following the will of God, he will give you great things. So that's how we, he led off or how we led off our kids programs. Um, and then we went into a, a Christmas story sketch that Margie had written for the kids and they got to act it out. Um, and then we did a craft. So we either did gospel bracelets or coloring. And then we did a balloon, uh, a balloon craft that you made the cross of Jesus afterwards. And so basically what these kids clubs were is we did, we went, worked with local pastors in different regions and we got to go to their Bible clubs. Um, and it was really cool, especially coming back this time to see how those pastors have taken these clubs, have multiplied their clubs when they used to have five. Now they have 10 and just have like, see these kids coming um, in some villages, we had up to like 200 kids. At other clubs, we had about 60. It was the Christmas break, so you never really knew what you were going to get at what village you were at. Um, and so it was really cool to be able to see kids just like you guys right here growing up in the church and encouraging them just how I used to be um, growing up in the church, getting to encourage them, and also getting to go to villages who didn't have a Christian influence or whose pastors were still trying to talk to the people, getting to encourage those kids as well, um, tell them the gospel through the gospel bracelets. Um, and Grandma Gilliland, good job with taping the beads together. That saved a whole lot of headache when the kids opened the bags. So that was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, and another thing we did that was different this time is we got time with the missionary kids. We had a morning where we could just play games with them, really encourage them, give their parents time to go do their work without having to watch their kids. So that was a really cool time because they were on their Christmas break as well from school. That was really cool just to get to hang out with them, encourage them, and get to encourage some of the missionaries while we were there as well. My turn. No, I have my own point. Right, thank you. Um, so one of the things that we do while we're at the hospital, um, one of the main things they do, of course, is the chaplain ministry. There are seven native chaplains that speak the language of the people as well as French. Now, um, Mongo is a little different than a lot of Togo is that there are, I counted up, about ten different languages that are spoken in the area. So, yeah. <laughs> and not everyone knows that the um, official language of Togo is French, but not everyone knows French, especially as you go out to the villages. So that's um, Ossian, Dudone, and Lamatu are the three that we met. And then this map here, it had, they had on their wall, the yellow tags are where they are currently having Bible studies in the different villages. The turquoise ones are where people have requested Bible studies, but they're not able to get there for whatever reason yet. So if you could be praying. Um, and what happens is the chaplains visit the people when they come to the hospital. And and I'll be talking about one particular village in a minute. And in this case, in the village of Fare, um, the lady who came to the hospital, she then was interested and she wanted them to do a Bible study at her village. So now every Friday, um, Asian, because it is his village in Lamatu, I think, both go every Friday, and several other people from the hospital go every Friday, and they do a Bible study. Now, since we were going to be there, it was a little bit of a bigger deal. 
Okay, it was a lot bigger deal. We served lunch and everything. So Lamatu got there, and she was there, spent the night to make the meal, and we trucked water up so we knew that it was good water. Um, and so that was really cool. And so um, we did the whole program. We split and split everyone into three groups, and the chief insisted upon the men being one group, the women in one group, and the children in the third group. So there were like ten men uh, a lot of women and a lot of kids. <laughs> um, so, and I wanted to talk about the women because the women were the most fascinating to me. And um, I was sitting there watching them. I was watching them, um, Tara, do the gospel bracelet with them. They were totally fascinated and really into learning about these beads, learning about the Christian walk. Matter of fact, they took over some of my time, which was great because that's why we're there. I was not, I was fine with that. And I'm watching these women and they're not smiling at all. And it's like, they're just like beaten down. And I was like, you know, God, I just want to see them smile. So I come up and I had, um, a skit that was in English that was then translated to French. So I gave the skit to Lamatu, the chaplain. And then she just took over. She appointed people to be Mary and women to be Mary and Joseph. And they thought it was hilarious that there was a woman playing Joseph and, and the angel. And then they started going along. And then when Mary and when Joseph took Mary, you know, she even hugged her by the side. They thought that was really funny, too. So these women are starting to laugh. And then Lama, too, apparently Mary wasn't walking pregnant enough. So she's showing them how to walk pregnant. <laughs> And then they get down and they give birth, so they had the breathing for giving birth. <laughs> and she gives birth to a sandal. And these women are just cracking up. I mean, they're just dying. It's, it was really pretty funny. And Anna, who is the um, hospital worker in charge of the chaplains, came over to me and she said, these women will never forget this story. And I'm watching this and I'm going, you know what? This is why we do it. I provided the tools for a native to teach the gospel to her people. And that's why we do. And that's what I do with the Living Lord's Supper also, is that I provide the tools. Um, we did it once in Mongo, and I had been told when I was there last time two years ago, I said, oh, I can't wait to come back and do it in Mongo. And they're like, oh, it'll be a long time before you can do it in Mongo. Two years later, I did it in Mongo. Um, most of them were um, people who worked at the hospital they had worked at the southern hospital so they were already Christians when they came one exception that we know of is Timothy who's up talking now he played the part of Nathaniel and he had been in a motorcycle accident he actually pulled us all aside and he wanted to tell us his story he had been in a motorcycle accident and he had gone to the hospital and the hospital really worked with him um, his leg had to be amputated, and they were really worked with him so that he now has a prosthetic leg. We couldn't tell that he had a prosthetic leg. We did not know at all until he said it. Anyhow, someone else was supposed to play the part of Nathaniel, but Timothy really wanted. So apparently God wanted him because the other guy had to drop out. So Timothy got to be part of the Living Lord's Supper, and it was just really cool. He became a Christian through the hospital ministry. And then he was there... Um, doing a part of one of the disciples. And that was just really, really cool to see. And there's Timothy with with the rest of us. I, right after he told us his story, 
Um, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, some prayers and praises. Uh, um, first of all, and Harris has said a million times, you'll, 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 they sent a prayer request yesterday. Thank you, thank you, thank you, church, for just all your generosity. I mean, okay, Lori, I'm going to give you the truth. I did not check this. I told Lori I was going to check it when we took home that week. I didn't check it till pack day. And I was like, okay. I'll just check off the marks here and the things that aren't in the list. I'm sure there there are some. I'll just run off over to Walmart and get. And literally every single item that they requested right down the line in abundance was on that list. They requested eight headlamps. We took like 16 to Togo. They requested a couple of boxes of cereals for the team. We got eight boxes of cereal. So we um, the next team's outfitted well, too. Um Another little thing that we found in Packing Day that I owe accountability to the church for, it was not one of my greatest moments as team lead, is when we're typing in all of our passport information. First of all, I blame Tara for not reading Frederick's passport properly. (laughs) Expiration date, September 2016. Um, And it's Saturday, and Frederick's standing there, and well, he was actually gone, and it was like, he can't go. There were ways to, that he could go. Um, we would have had to go down to L.A. on the Monday, and um, we just decided to be too expensive and too time-consuming and detract from the trip, so we elected not to. How it happened? My bad. I checked the passports, except his. I checked Tara's, and hers was 2021. Forgot that when we got Frederick's passport, it was a five-year expiration date if you're under 16. So... Not good. It, a couple other factors. Usually we have to mail off our passports six or three months beforehand. Now we can get um, our visas in country in Togo. So not good. And um, I owe you guys an apology. I'm accountable to the church as well financially. They had paid half of Frederick's um, ticket. We, had, we um, wrote a ch- uh, check to the church. That money is reimbursed. So um, he went off to Nebraska with mom and has a cold ever since. So. But maybe you would have had that. In, Margie could tell you that having a cold in Africa was not fun either. She was she was hard down the entire time with this hacking cough. Um, so so it, it kind of started a bad foot, and it, it was tough to get over that, really. I had to pray a lot about it. I mean, just not taking your kids on a mission trip, you know, is, is not fun. And... Um, and um, I had already had one team member down. So next thing you know, we're at the airport, and the games really begin. So a lot of you have probably heard throughout the course of the last two weeks most of the story about our baggage. And I want to thank you right now for all the prayers that you guys have prayed because God definitely listened and blessed in abundance. But we knew from the very beginning, really, that the bags were going to be a problem starting when they all fell into a massive heap in the LAX floor to when we only got none of them at the Lome Airport. (laughs) Um, But it was really cool to see God working through all of this, and you could really see your prayers in motion all the way from our flight in LAX being delayed, so we would miss our connecting flight in Detroit to get us to Paris, um, the Air France desk got us on a nonstop 
from LAX to Paris that would get us in time to make our Paris to Lomé flight. And so we were like, great, like, thank you, Jesus, we'll take that. And she goes, okay, your bags are going to come down. Um, you'll just collect them, check them into Air Tahiti, which was our airline that we were taking, and you'll be good to go. And so we're like, okay, cool. So we run down, we start waiting for 45 minutes, and three of our bags come down out of the eight that we had checked. And we were like, um, okay. So my dad's like, I guess I'll go wait for another two hours in this service line. So he walks back up. God, another God moment. The lady who had been helping us at the desk was now working the line, and she saw him come in, and she goes, do not get in this line. Go talk to this guy. Get the bags that you do have and go check into your flight. And he goes, okay. And she goes, we'll take care of the rest. And he was like, okay. So he runs down. We find out that the other five bags had been rerouted to France already. And so we grab our bags, run to the Air Tahiti desk. We now have and 45 I have to keep up with them. <laughs> right. <laughs> we now have 45 minutes to get to our flight, international flight. We check our bags in. They tell us that they most likely will not make it, but they send us through. We get through security, get to our flight, final boarding call. All of us made it on. It was a great praise for that. Got to Paris, no problems. Got to Lome, no problems. Made it through the visa desk. Got all of our visas. And then none of our bags showed up. So we were the last people to leave the airport because we had to wait in the baggage inquiry line. Um, and we were just like, God, like, what are we going to do? We have no baggage. We have no supplies. We have nothing. Like, we have our carry-on that was stuffed with food. And so... Um, but God really, again, just really came through. Margie had packed extra clothes. She was wise enough to pack extra clothes in her carry-on. And, uh, a nurse and I had my Living Lord's Supper stuff with me, too. So Right. A nurse had left clothes with Susan when she left. That was my size, so I was able to have extra clothes while I was there. Dad had packed his favorite missionary shirt in his carry-on, so the show could definitely still go on. <laughs> And then it was just cool to see how God worked everything out after that, too. Like, Margie's bags came right with her gifts for the actors right before the Living Lord's Supper happened. We happened to have enough resources that we had left throughout the years for the kids with Garen in his in his um, storage. So we were totally fine for the 500-person foray day um, that Margie had talked about with the women and the kids. We had enough resources to cover that day. Um, and then when we were starting to run out, our bags appeared on Christmas morning. So it was a great Christmas present, a great gift from God on that morning, right when we needed more resources, God provided those. Um, so thank you so much for your prayers. It was really cool to see God working in the details. Everything went smoothly, even though at first it was a headache. The rewards were still great. Okay, apparently I'm next. Um, this picture is of the men of Fare who did not participate quite as well as the women did in the drama, I'm just saying. Um, men in Togo are really, really hard to reach because they are so steeped in their tradition. Now, the women are so put down that when you offer them freedom, that's good, they want that. But the men, their traditions are part of who they are. So giving up those traditions are very, very difficult. No matter who we talk to, everyone said the men are difficult because they are so held on to those traditions so hard. So please pray for the men of Togo, um, just that the traditions aren't as important or their open hearts or, you know, whatever, because that's just so important. Another really important prayer request we have is this picture of Susan. And this board 
is um, people who are there. They have plenty of doctors, which is a huge praise. But I don't know if you can see. Uh, right here, there's a whole list of nurses. And then by the time you get to March, there's only three. In April, there's two. And then by the time you get to the summer, there's only one nurse. There is a huge need for nurses in at the at the hospital. Nurses, as if you've ever spent any time in a hospital, nurses are the backbone of a hospital. We need nurses. Now, they're training nurses, but it's a three-year program, so they're not going to be ready by summer. So please, please pray for people to just really want to go to Togo and be a nurse. Thanks, Margie. Um, story of these two connections here, this is Jennifer DeKrieger. I don't know if you guys remember last year, her husband, the surgeon, Todd DeKrieger, died in February, and they're coming up in his one-year anniversary. But the young man down there, he, he is a, his name is Andres, and he's a male nurse with his wife. They actually live in the Harris's. They're getting ready to ship out. They sign, they're in that list to the far left. They signed a, a one-year commitment through Samaritan's Purse to come and be nurses. Well, you talk about our ordinary people and when God calls you to do things. He was asked to be Todd's nurse, his caregiver, when he's dying of this really bad disease. It turns out to be Lasso fever, which is, you know, you've got, you know, bad diseases um, like Ebola. Lasso's just right underneath it. It's... Very contagious. If you get it, it's almost certainly a death sentence. And they didn't find out it was Lasso until, unfortunately, Todd died. But they found out through the autopsy in Germany soon enough that Andres was already sick. So they medevaced him out to Mercer Hospital in the U.S. He said, I was the human guinea pig. They were trying all these experimental drugs on me, this, that, and the other thing. And guess what? They cured him. And his antibodies in his blood, now, the doctor said, you have advanced, your case has advanced the diagnosis and the cure for Lasso fever by 30 to 40 years. So thousands of lives are saved. And Margie mentioned doctors are coming as a result of Todd. 50,000 foot view, and when we're down in trenches, it, you know, it, it's hard to make sense, but it's just great that God revealed that those connections to us while we were there. People groups in Mongo. Now, I mentioned briefly about the people groups in Mongo, and our last day was New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, they had these lists up. Um, each one of these people groups, these are the main people groups in Mongo that they serve at the hospital. Um, the Hasa, the Masa, the Anafo, the Moba, the Lamba, the Fulani, and the Gangam. Um, they were actually specifically asked for translators in MOBA and Gangam, I noticed. Um, do we have the papers? Oh, cool. Okay. So out there, we have the papers with the names and some details about them. And what we're asking is that um, the home groups would take one of them and be responsible for praying for that particular um, people group in up in Mongo. Um, it's because of all these people groups being up in Mongo that they have such difficulty with the translation. Um, like, I think Susan and Garen are learning Anafo, but if they have a MOBA patient, 
then they can't really speak to them too much. They have to get another translator. So it's just um, really cool to see all the different translators. And a lot of them are not just in Togo, but throughout West Africa. Cool. Um, and just to tack on to what Margie was saying, those papers are out in the um, foyer. We'll all be out there when you leave. Um, so you can pick one up. And it's blurry, so but you can see the people group. So your mission is to Google more information about these people groups. And um, it is available because I did do that. Yes. And pray for them that way. Um, but the names of all the people groups are clearly visible on the pictures. Um Another thing that we got to do that we also want, uh, what I like to ask for prayers for, um, the man in the bottom right there, his name is Ishmael and his friend Malachi. Um, They're both new Christians. I think about, what, three months ago, they converted from Islam to Christianity. Um, and so Garen and Susan go over once a week to uh, have Bible study with them. They're working their way through the Old Testament. They did Joseph getting thrown in the well. Um, when we were there with them. And so it was really great to see them wanting to learn more about Jesus. And so Ishmael, the dad, he speaks French, but Malachi, his friend, only speaks MOBA. Um, and the rest of Ishmael's family doesn't speak very much French either. And so my uncle actually donated this. It's like a radio. It's called a Proclaimer. And it has the New Testament in French and also in MOBA, which is the language that they speak. Um, and so we were in its crank. You can crank it up or it's solar powered so you don't need to have electricity to use it. Um, and we were able to present Ishmael and his family and friend with this proclaimer so they could listen to the Bible in MOBA in their own language and understand it and really learn from it. Um, and Garen actually just texted my dad today saying Ishmael loves it. He's made it up to Matthew 7 in a week. And they love listening to the Bible. And so that's just a great, a great praise to, or prayer request to continue praying for them and also just a great praise to see how God is working and how, um, they can, are trying to reach people who don't speak your main languages and they're getting them into the tribal languages. And the smile on his face and the smile on the face of his son when they heard God's word in their language was just priceless. Did not get a picture of that, but it was priceless. Okay, well, if you think mission trips are all disease and things like that, think again. Harris Mission Trips Incorporated make everything very exciting. <laughs> um, this this is a picture of this lake called Hippo Lake, and so you're, there's supposed to be hippos there. And we went out, and there were no hippos where they normally are. Went down this path, march, 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 no hippos. And then it went into like this thick overgrowth type thing. And the ladies abandoned us at this point. And Garen and I... We did not have the footwear for it. Garen and I just went plodding through this stuff. And I was kind of contemplating things as we're going through this. It's like, so what would we do if we startled and came up on a hippo? And literally, as I'm contemplating this, you hear this big... Coming like through that bush, it, that wasn't enough. So Garen was like, "Okay, we're getting close." <laughs> and, and then we get his phone starts ringing, and it's Susan calling him saying, "Hey, this African guide here type dude is really ticked off, and he is saying they're sleeping over there, and 
if you wake one up, they will charge you. And then it kept going, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So you know you've gone one step too far when I'm thinking, okay, so there are big masses coming at you. They shouldn't be too hard to sidestep as they charge you through the bush. But um, that we turned around and, and, and came back. Um, the, the phone call was priceless. Margie, you were doing a dance in Paris? No, that was that was the leap in Paris. So we had 12-hour layover, thanks to Tara, in Paris on the way home. So we hit the highlights, which was Notre Dame, which we saw in the dark, by the way. Um, the Eiffel Tower, which we only saw the bottom half because it was so cloudy. Uh, we Arc de Triomphe, which we walked up, even though they had an elevator. And Fred told me there was an elevator, and he'd already bought my ticket. It was, it was out of order. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it wasn't out of order. I came down on the elevator. Um, <laughs> there was a sign that said out of order, and you had to ask specifically for it. Yeah, which we did. <laughs> which we did. Which, thank you, thank you. Otherwise, I would not be standing here. And we saw, oh, the opera house, Paris Opera House. Um, the little picture of the monkey in the bottom there was we went to a village to do to survey well and to do our children's program and so we drive up and all of a sudden we're like wildlife and there were two monkeys tied to a tree um the one who you see right there became garen's best friend um garen was hanging out with it so much so that the chief of the village came up to him and said hey you want the monkey i'll give him to you which garen sadly had to decline um because monkeys do become mean at one point but this guy was super nice um, so that was just kind of fun to see, like, the the moms take their kids right up to this monkey, and he was playing around, and Garen was holding him and taking selfies with him. and um, So it was a, quite an adventure. Also, the um, Garen has about, like, three motorcycles, and so him and Dad like to go out and ride. And notice our footwear, we are wearing closed-toed shoes, which is a good, good thing. Um, this time. <laughs> but... We yeah, so it was cool just to get to drive around um, and see different parts of Togo on motorcycles. Water projects, just a quick word in that. Um, basically, every village we went to had a water issue, and uh, like five of them were like this: no well whatsoever. That village alone had 800 people. That their women were going to an open face well while it's rainy season and then a mile or so away to another river um, when the rainy when the water levels trip in which they're you're going to hit in February cost about $1400 to replace that well and in church um we're working with the pastors but you funded us so well during the fundraisers I'm happy to say we we have given Garen enough resources to replace three or four wells So we like to be accountable for costing, um, and this is the way it went down. It, the total bill out of out of um, Togo for the three of us was twenty nine hundred dollars a piece for a room and board, and then you throw on eighteen seventy five per person. Um, kids ministry cost another six hundred bucks. Um, pump repair replacement. That's how much money we basically have raised for pump repair and replacement. And that includes the $15,000 to put a, a um, well in at Fare when they're spiritually ready for it. it it's it's um, 
we're leaving that to the chaplains. They think they're ready soon, but they're growing the church there. And then Living Lord's Supper was around 550. Another church is throwing in an additional two to three thousand or three to five thousand dollars for the fire pump repair. So that's just more of those village wells we'll be able to replace. Garen was very happy. Uh, Stephen, can you hit play there? And they wanted to give you their personal. Hello, everyone. We're so thankful for you sending uh, Fred and Tara and Margie to us and for all the special gifts for Christmas. We can't thank you enough for your love and your grace and just how much you continue to give to us. We love you. We miss you. And um, just, again, thankful for you. We look forward to seeing you either here or there. God bless you. We love you. <laughs> Future prayer requests and efforts, um, and Garen was hesitant. I was like, just, he was like, oh, there is a big need coming up, but I don't want to tell you guys. I hate doing this. I was like, what is it? They need a replacement car, and their car is not for, they've got a Toyota um, um, SUV type now that's not four-wheel drive, and he's constantly getting stuck, and it doesn't have seats in the back. And let me tell you, when you give one person a ride, what does that mean? You give the entire village a ride. <laughs> we broke several records with this little Toyota having 13, 14 people in there. So Tara, Tara got very comfortable with her father. <laughs> but, you know, this is about a $30,000 vehicle, thirty to 35000 and they're trying to come back for Christmas next year. Wouldn't it be great if we could resource them um, when they leave here from Christmas next year to be able to go back and and have that for ministry? So pray for those efforts and, and budget for them and at the beginning of the year. Final thoughts, and I get to preach a little more. You know, Pastor Bill said, hey, you, you've got to leave them with a message. So we, we Christian call is ordinary people, the three emotions there. Final thoughts are, you know, my observations, it's interesting to work around the compound there with missionaries in Africa. And you know what I came up with? They're exactly like you and me working here. It, the missionaries there normally are not missionaries who go out and, and spread the gospel day to day to day. They're doctors. They're nurses. They're radio station operators. They're, they're um, the couple who run the hotel there. But they're missional in their thinking. And it's like, what home group are you going to tonight? What are we doing to spread the gospel here? And that's what we're all commanded to do. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, utmost ends of the earth. And the Apostle Paul put it better. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making it appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. And let that be our plea. Let that be our prayer as we leave here today, we go out to our office places. It's critical. I mean, you look at the Muslims there, and Margie mentioned the Muslim men. It's critical they get the gospel, but there's so many similarities between the closed hearts of unbelievers here and there that we're a wide-open mission field as well. And that's all we got. Any questions? Okay. Not, not too bad, but we only took five extra pastoral minutes there, Pastor Bill. <laughs> uh, one quick question for Jason. 
Uh, the doctor that died last year, yes, they have found replacements. In fact, one is arriving. They've had short-term doctors come in, surgeons to fill the void. But a family is moving in within the next two months, full-time replacement. Wow. And his family is continuing to stay in the mission field, too. His, his, um, Jennifer, his wife, does church planning in the villages. Wow. Amen. Well, thank you, guys. Isn't isn't it exciting to see God fulfilling prophecy with us here at Emmanuel? You know, Jesus says that he's not going to come back until all the people, all the people, the various people groups, the languages of the world, until they have an opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, he's not returning. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And we have a mission. Our mission is to know Jesus and to follow Jesus and to make him known to all people. And so Emmanuel is doing her little part by sharing the good news of the gospel in Mongo and to those various people groups who have yet to hear the good news of Christ. And yet we have a responsibility here in our Jerusalem to communicate the gospel in the language of the people around us, of all that Jesus has done for us. That's why we're here. And we're not going to fulfill, we're not going to complete this mission until Jesus returns. But in the meantime, God wants us to be faithful in sharing the good news with others. And that's that's what is the good news? The good news is what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And Jesus tells us to remember. And as we remember, as we're reminded every single week as we gather here, and the gospel is never to grow old or stale or boring. It's to remind us of what Jesus has done. And as he reminds us we and we follow him, he blesses. He blesses immensely. He gives us provision. He gives us resources. He gives us uh, cash flow. He gives us a job. Not just so that we can take care of ourselves, but so that we can resource the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God might continue to spread and go forth into all the areas of lostness, not just at the ends of the earth, but right here in Ridgecrest as well. And you all have a part in that. And so I want us to pause and we're going to worship. We're going to sing a song of worship as we prepare our hearts for the supper this morning because it's all because of what Jesus did for us that we're here and we're doing the things that we're doing um, in other places of the world. So let's bow our heads. Let's take the opportunity to thank Christ for his great sacrifice. If you're here this morning, Jesus doesn't want you to take this supper in an unworthy manner. This is a believer's 
Supper. And if you're here this morning, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's where it begins. If you don't know Christ and you want to know Christ, we're going to have people in the dining hall who can share with you how to have a relationship with Jesus. That's most important. And once you have this relationship with Jesus, then you can participate in this supper because this supper is an opportunity to show our gratitude, express our gratitude, and remember what Jesus has done for us to forgive us of our sin. So we want to invite you to come into relationship with Jesus this morning. As we sing this song, dismiss yourself to the dining hall, and we want to share with you the good news. For the rest of us, let's prepare our hearts. Let's say thank you, Christ, for what you've done for us. You've been entertaining sin. Confess that sin. Get right with him this morning. Thank you, Father, for this time of worship as we prepare our hearts for what, Jesus, you did for us. Pray that you would be glorified in it and that you would encourage those who, God, need deliverance. Need a second chance. Need restoration. It's all because of the cross that those things are available to us. Encourage, Lord, each one in this, in this service this morning. We pray in Christ's name.